Welcome to the Kinetic Picture, where we talk about movies, everything movies, Hollywood news, Hollywood trailers, reactions. I'm your host, Christian Dentolia, and with me are Dominic Toscano. Hello. Joseph Rosenberger. What's up? And Star Kai. Yeah, boy. All right. So, <laughs> next week, Halloween. It wouldn't be fitting if we didn't talk about our favorite horror movies, right? <laughs> I'd like to just put out there that I don't watch a lot of horror movies because I'm scared. You're a wimp. <laughs> I am a wimp. I am. I will fully admit it. But I mean, Joseph and Dom, I feel like y'all have a very long catalog of <laughs> films. So let's let's hear the cinephile <laughs> recommendations of best horror movies or your favorite horror movies. I feel like I watch mostly old horror movies. Like, mm. I've never seen, like, The Purge or oh, really? Insidious okay. or anything. Well, that <laughs> looks, like, <laughs> looks like we can connect past <laughs> and present right oh, now. Oh, boy. So, like, what? Like, Nosferatu or, like... Uh, that's Nosferatu's, really old. It's, it's good, but, like, it's not one of my favorites. I'd say my favorite horror movies are probably The Shining, of course... Uh, the thing. I think the thing <laughs> oh is. Oh my god! It's absolutely terrifying, mostly because it's so like gross yeah, and like yeah, yeah. it doesn't have any real form. Um, I think Alien also does a great job of keeping the monster obscured, like not mm-hmm. showing anything until the end. I'd say those are like my top three, along with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm. Oh, I haven't seen that. It's pretty good. What pretty about, underrated. What about you, Joseph? I actually haven't seen very much horror movies as well, unfortunately, (laughs) but I can put out some recommendations still, especially more current ones. It Follows is an incredible horror film. It's really good. It Follows. What else you got? They're not like anything fantastic, but they're very well made and they have some good cinematic moments. The Conjuring trilogy. Oh my gosh. I love The Conjuring. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay, anyways. Well, like, their stories are pretty lame, but they have some really good cinematic moments Mm -hmm. in there that are pretty creepy. As far as older ones that Dom did not mention, House is... House is incredible. It's so weird. It's it's so good. It's like a live-action anime. Oh, really? (laughs) It's so wacky. The effects are so bizarre. I've heard so many live-action animes, and none of them sound good. Well, it's not, like, actually based on an anime. Yeah, it's just, like, it has it the style. Looks, yeah, I feel you. That's, like, pure cinema right there. Like, you can't replicate <laughs> that in any genre. Also, Cronenberg, if you're into oh, yeah, freaked I love, out. I love all of Cronenberg's films. And Carpenter, too. I confuse, like... John who, Carpenter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I confuse who directed which. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, The Fly, uh, <laughs> Escape from New York, Halloween. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Halloween any- was carpenter you got any horror movie recommendations i'm pretty much in the same spot as christian (laughs) i don't watch horror movies not because i'll be scared of the horror movie itself but after like i watch it i think when i go to bed it's gonna (laughs) happen to me that's why i don't watch it i was scarred for life when i was six years old because i watched the original chucky movie I thought like it was a doll, so I thought it was a kid's movie. So, so I kept on watching. And then like I was doing this at a friend's house. And then when I went home, every like sound my house made made me jump. <laughs> the next day at school was pretty bad. <laughs> but um, one good horror movie that I've watched recently, not recently, but like way back when was called Oculus. I don't know if you guys ever heard of it. It's about a mirror, Oculus. Oh, I've heard of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've heard of it. It has Karen Gillan in it, who plays um Gamora's sister in Guardians of the Galaxy, the, oh. the one in all blue. 
I, I really liked that movie. And the only reason I knew about it was because WWE was like a producer production <laughs> company for it, but it was really weird. <laughs> what do you guys think about, um? would you prefer to watch horror movies alone with another person or like in a group? Horror movies are always scarier in isolation. Oh, do you think you so? think so? Yes, definitely. I think it's fun to watch some in groups cause just to see how everybody else reacts. Yeah. Because I feel like I never really react. Mm-hmm. Usually when I'm watching any movie, like, I barely... Because like, I, don't, I don't feel the need to like show my emotions you know but you so are th- like, you are having emotions yeah right? but, okay. like, but you're not just expressing them yeah actually <laughs> you know what's funny is that i think it's best when you're watching it with just one other person just because <laughs> like like and you've already seen it dude i would love to just watch it or something with one other person because i can laugh at how stupid it is while they're actually like looking forward <laughs> to being scared by the movie yo but, can we just trash talk it for a bit yes yeah. let's let's do this let's let's talk about how it's like the marvel equivalent of a horror movie it really is it's basically not even a horror movie it's like, not even scary yeah there was not a moment in that film where i was like i feel on edge well <laughs> actually whenever it talked i was pretty creeped out i was creeped out but i never thought like anything scary would yeah happen yeah the, the actor was incredible and i bill skarsgård yeah i think they just did a horrible job of not letting him talk more dude one of my favorite moments from him was like when he stepped out of the refrigerator he, he was like assembled inside the refrigerator and he was twisting his body out that was right? so stupid <laughs> really yes <laughs> I don't know if this is true, but I heard that he actually did it himself. No, that's no. <laughs> no. He'd like he was bones and but stuff. The, I mean, there are those flexible people that could do it. <laughs> I don't know if it's possible from the position he was in, but you've seen people arch their back all the way around. I, I don't know about that. But I do know that the scene where he popped his head out of the projector, that that was real. Real? Yeah. Oh, that's scary. Like that wasn't animation or anything. Visual effects. <laughs> I mean, we all hate it. But like, why do you think it was so bad? It was trying so hard to be funny. Finn Wolfhard, who's in Stranger Things, he was so obnoxious in this movie. He had so many inappropriate jokes, which is understandable since he's a little kid. And, you know, we all made jokes like that when we were edgy teenagers. (laughs) But it's so obnoxious. (laughs) That's the thing that I was thinking about, too, because every time I read reactions to the movie, they were like, oh, my gosh, they got 13 year old boys right. <laughs> but like they're supposed to be afraid yeah. risking their lives and then within the same shot of somebody almost being killed he's like ha dick jokes yeah that's that's a marvel trademark yeah oh, yeah i don't it was very marvel so do you think like horror movies can't be funny i don't i think it's very hard to do I don't. Um, I've never seen a horror movie that's also funny. Well, that'd be interesting. Yeah, because I mean, I feel like you can't just have a horror movie that's completely tense the whole time. I mean, if you're gonna have comedy in it, it should be integrated with the whole. Yeah, not just a one-liner. I feel you. On the side. I feel like comedy should be used in horror films to loosen you up, so then you can get scared again. Oh, the, yeah, that's what The Conjuring does. Kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, oh, really? exactly, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Is it comedic? It's, well, it's, it's not, not. They don't have comedy <laughs> scenes, but like they have intermissions where the ghost isn't around and it's just them and they have a moment it's like martial arts movies where you have between all the big fight scenes you have these little moments where they're attempting to build up character and whatever okay but then translate it to horror film yeah it's just like a nice little breather yeah especially in a pretty tense movie 
I was reading an article about how horror movies can be linked to roller coasters with the intense moments and then you have a little build up and then intense again. Do you think build, not build up moments, but those moments where it's not always tense or needed? Or do you think you could have a horror film where it's tense the whole way through? You can't do that. You can't? I don't think that's possible. If you create a sense of normality where it's just ridiculous jump scares again and again for the entire movie, you'll get tired of it pretty quick. You need time to like give the audience a break so that they can not suspect it, whether they can be prepared to actually react to it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think in general, if people are subject to the same stimuli continuously for a long period of time, get tired of it i mean just like from a psychological standpoint i was thinking about that too but then i remember dunkirk earlier this year was like tense the whole way through yeah and i really didn't like dunkirk because of that well Well, i loved it because of that i loved it because (laughs) of that too so that's why i I was but i get your point though dunkirk just felt like boring to me after a few minutes Mm -hmm. so like what do you guys like actually look for in horror movies i look for interesting story with a very interesting monster (laughs) i like horror because it has its own general aesthetic similar to how film noir has adopted that aesthetic so i like seeing the ways that horror directors play with the monster or the frightening presence in their movie i like seeing how the protagonist interacts with the world around them like navigating unfamiliar places i just like seeing stylistic stuff like that what about you star what do you want in a horror movie i don't want anything from a horror movie uh, (laughs) do you think that when you watch a horror film you should see it as an actual movie or do you think you need to like change gears in seeing how a horror movie portrays itself? Because I mean, there are obvious tropes in horror, right? But do you think that knowing that a movie is a horror movie change how you see it? No, not really. Not really? Cause I like, mean, I never really get scared by movies anymore. So I don't really watch horror movies to get scared. <laughs> it's really just to like appreciate like <laughs> the techniques they use <laughs> if that makes sense is this because you've seen so many movies or is this just because like you've grown dull to i mean i grew up watching really bad horror and sci-fi movies on the sci-fi channel <laughs> so i've seen like all kinds of stuff like i saw saw when i was 14 oh okay. so like nothing really affects me anymore oh, honestly that's so depressing actually <laughs> i mean only from a horror standpoint you know yeah what about you joseph do you think Cause like I mean, I, I watch horror to get scared. Yeah, but not just that. I would like it to be unique as well. How do you but, mean? But like I'm going back to the Conjuring movies. The ghosts and the stories aren't that unique. They're pretty lame. <laughs> if you ask me. <laughs> but I don't, or I haven't personally grown dull to horror movies i guess like dom has i mean some sometimes they can actually scare me if they do something different Mm -hmm. or if they do something more psychological do you think that for them to do something different has to be like a film technique or could it be something it could just be like a plot element even yeah okay i mean there's so many every horror movie is about like something supernatural or Mm -hmm. something like that i mean the purge is basically just human to human it's not human versus omniscient being you know right so i don't know if you would like the purge series but i mean it is something different than typical demon takes over i I think it's a cool story concept yeah Yeah. i like the concept i I can't judge it anymore from there because i haven't seen it oh you haven't Mm -hmm. i loved it i think the reason why i liked it was because i could actually see it happening if we really went down really the if we if like society really went off the cliff if it really goes off the cliff if it really goes off the cliff i have more faith in us than that yeah (laughs) i don't think that would ever happen 
happen. I, I mean, it is nice to have like a relief. But it, it just doesn't make any sense. No. <laughs> I remember I, watching The Purge. I actually saw, I think, the first two. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I only saw the first one. I, I liked the first one a little better than the other ones. But I feel like it wasn't scared at all. It was just... Oh, this is what happens if yeah there's a day. I can see it. It's kind of thrillery. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just enjoyed it more because I was with people watching it. I um, hate how all these original horror movies are being turned into franchises instantly. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like even <laughs> it ended with the oh, final yeah. title card was like end of chapter one or yeah. something like that. And then you have The Conjuring, Conjuring 2, Annabelle, Annabelle Creation. And then you have another movie coming out, I think next year about this. It's called The Nun. Yeah. That and was it's the- like ghost and conjuring two yeah and they're having a conjuring three. Oh man oh and man i mean probably more they probably make good money though they're making great money making yeah great. yeah that's, that's the point that's yeah. the point though like horror movies are so cheap to make but they bring in so much revenue isn't the conjuring one of the franchises that has almost gotten to a billion or if not maybe i think they're still a ways from they're it. Still a way. there is one horror franchise that's like really close to it i remember reading that maybe paranormal activities since oh like that or might be it actually. maybe maybe the exorcist. the exorcist i know the exorcist had like 900 if you adjust for inflation mm-hmm. yeah it might be the exorcist because uh, there's three of them and they're all huge yeah oh we didn't even talk about the exorcist because the exorcist is good good you know the youtube channel cinefix mm-hmm. they put down their like top five horror movies of all time <laughs> and all the movies you said were your like f- a watch mojo thing? it's better it's a better, better. top it's, 10 it's, movies no, that's not that's no not no too- no these guys are actually i advocate for them really yeah because like I've never heard of them <laughs> i like their lists actually like their five top picks were texas chainsaw massacre alien silence of the lambs the shining and psycho i feel like psycho and silence of the lambs aren't really horror i mean they, they maybe that's just me they're more psychological thrillers yeah hmm. anyways what, like what else do you guys think is needed in a horror film to be good i don't know if you need like an emotional or not like a character that you can relate to or mm-hmm. something it's like it's also you that's experiencing the scare just as much as the character is right i think it's pretty easy to relate to a character in a horror film because most of the time that character only wants to survive what's happening yeah. to yeah. them yeah that's, just like a basic instinctual level, yeah. you know, like, I want to survive. That's Dunkirk, too. I'm just going to keep relating this back to Dunkirk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Looking at Dom. Do you guys know your, like, horror movie tropes? You know? Jump scare. Jump scares. They the, always go into the place they're not supposed to go yeah. into. The last person is always a pretty girl. <laughs> They go towards noises instead of away. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Stupid decisions. Oh, yeah. I guess it can all under fall under the umbrella of stupid decisions. Yeah. <laughs> but... Isn't the Blair Witch Project supposed to be amazing? As well? I've seen it. It's really fascinating to watch, but I think it's a little lame. <laughs> really? Like, I don't think it's aged very well. Oh, and, oh really? And the main part of why it was such a big box office drop was because it was being marketed so well. There was like a website for it which claimed it was real. And even on IMDb, which actually existed back in 1999, <laughs> it listed all the main actors as being dead. Oh my! And like, like playing like themselves. Cannibal Holocaust. Cannibal Holocaust pretended like the actors were dead. Oh, did they really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, I know that Blair Witch is like a reboot in the works. <laughs> you know, they're doing an American remake of Suspiria. Yeah, oh, really? I saw that. Yeah. Who's dir- director of Call Me By Your Name? Have you heard of it? Just came out this year. No. It's getting a lot of attention. Is it like Oscar? Yeah. Uh, Luca 
Huadag. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't want to. I don't know how to it. say his name, but he he's supposed to be a good, competent director. But are they gonna like match the style and music, or are they just gonna use the story? I have no idea. Because if they just use the story, I don't think it's really gonna be interesting. Yeah, if they just use the story, because yeah. the story was kind of weak. Yeah, Suspiria was a very big letdown. It was very beautiful. The sound yeah. sucked, except for the music. Mm-hmm. You know how older movies do the loud motif music? Mm-hmm. I don't understand, like, I was watching In the Mood for Love recently, right? And that happens a lot with the classical music and then the Spanish music, right? And a lot of people I talked to afterwards were like, they were so annoyed by it. But then, what? yeah, they said it happened too much. These are the same people that Hitchcock or whatever, like in Psycho, that happened all the time. I don't understand that critique. Yeah, like I don't, and it's not like the music wasn't bad. Yeah. And two, it was like used in a good in a really good way I think it was used way. pretty well from what so I remember like, yeah I don't understand this critique about it I mean if mm-hmm. any of our listeners would like to share their <laughs> opinion on this I mean can you give it give me an example I mean Dunkirk for example I thought that was a bad use of music really bringing it back to Dunkirk again <laughs> You just turned the score up to 11 and blasted it for the entire movie, and that was it. Yeah, uh, somehow it worked for me. It did not work for me, that's, but... That's okay. Sorry, like, I can't really give you a modern equivalent because scores nowadays are more subtle. They're not, like, in not your... necessarily. Mm, there's... Depends. Hans Zimmer is very, well, like, in your face. And then Do you think so? It, like, oh, yeah. When I watched In the Mood for Love, that music was, like, front and center. I, I just know in, like, Nolan movies, it just blasted at you so uh, loud. There's also in, like, blockbuster movies where the score is just so uninteresting that you yeah. don't even Yeah, I think it's it. mainly just the music is uninteresting. Maybe it's the way that they edit music with dialogue. Because I know if you want to... Uh, ha- make the dialogue more apparent when you have the movie. You want to like lower a certain when you cue the music. You want to lower a certain level um, at a certain point so it elevates like their voice better. So maybe before that, maybe in scenes where they don't have that as much dialogue, like in before they might not do that. So it might seem apparent. It might seem like. There's not that much, it doesn't seem a, uh, like an ambient sound rather than, hey, this is the music kind of thing. Mm. Okay. Well, that yeah, that's what I was saying with like music being more, well, in my opinion, music being more subtle now. Like in Suspiria, the music was very apparent. Oh, yeah. It never got to the point where it was annoying to me. Yeah. It was very terrifying, I thought. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the sounds were so eerie and bizarre. Mm-hmm. Also, I heard when they were editing some poor movies that they use a wavelength that people can't hear. Oh, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, yeah. I, I don't know exactly why they do it. No, but they, it, they just. But it makes you tense, right? Yeah, it makes just you like, tense. Yeah. Just having that frequency going through your head. Oh, my That's God. That's funny. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, there used to be this app that I would do that. Like a dog whistle? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, you're, yeah. Ho- you're a horrible person for using <laughs> that. <laughs> But that's basically what a lot of horror movies would do. <laughs> I think that's, I mean... I, I think that's pretty amazing. <laughs> if you had to choose, if you were making a horror scene, right? Would you want the music or would you want silence? It depends. And just have the foley of, like, the depends scene. Depends on the scene. Yeah, like, what's, really ha- what's, ha- what's happening in the scene? Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I mean, if, if the action is very slow, like they're just slowly walking through a haunted house... And you're waiting for something to pop out. <laughs> I make it like really quiet, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
maybe if they're being chased, for instance, I guess I'd. Oh, you'd have really make it more apparent. I think so. I feel like I think it should. I think the intensity should just match the action on the screen. You know. Mm. I feel like if I had to choose, I would choose silence. I feel like having just the natural sound makes it more creepy because we've grown accustomed to having music in film. But I mean, you, you can, can't have it quiet the entire. Movie. Not quiet, but not quiet. Like all the sounds are gone. But I know, I know what you mean. Just actual sounds doing the work, right? Yeah, I guess I, it would be how you would use it. I think music can be a very valuable tool in, in horror, though. Like I think if you make something very sudden and very loud, mm-hmm. that can add to a scare. For instance, okay, like, that seems to be what a lot of these horror movies do. They yeah. play like a loud, like whenever something pops out. Yeah. Do you guys want to talk about the? PTA trailer, Phantom Threads. I have not. I don't watch trailers anymore because <laughs> they give too much away. I don't think this gave much away. I thought it gave out too much away. I yeah, felt like I watched someone, the whole movie. Someone said, "Yeah, that was you who said yeah, that." I thought. I thought it like well. Well, I don't like wanna... I think I think it gave away beats of the story, like emotions, but I don't think it gave away plot per se. Really? I, I mean, it... like you could tell that there were problems between this guy and his wife, but I couldn't tell what the origin of the problems were. Really? I, I only watched it once. I mean, like, you could even see the synopsis of the movie and it would tell you... Well, the synopsis basically tells you what happens in the trailer. Hmm. I guess I'll have to I look know. at it again. I don't really remember. I don't know. I just like to go into movies as blank as possible. Sometimes I watch trailers. I mean, every time I go I mean, to a movie theater, I have to watch the trailer. Yeah, that's so. true. But no, Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I watch the Star Wars trailers because those are fantastic. Yeah. yeah, if it's like a franchise film, I don't really bother too much about... Oh, because you're already going to see it anyways. Yeah, well, like, also because it's not something new to me, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the time, especially like the Star Wars sequels, they're just rehashing the originals, so I sort of already know where they're going anyway. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, oh. trailers are supposed to be there for people to see whether they want to go see it or not, I feel. That's that's marketing. So, I mean, for, for you guys, you know, if you know that you're going to see it, you probably don't need to bother with it. Yeah. I read on Reddit, read on Reddit, that our Delhi Villain Way did an interview about the commercial failure of Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> Wait, seriously? Yeah, it's not it's not going to make enough money to be profitable. Didn't it only make like $40 million? It made $32 million its opening weekend. That's so sad. Yeah. That's really bad. I want more blockbusters like that. But I mean, you got to think about it too. Like this is a sequel to a movie that didn't even make money when it originally came out. Yeah. I'd say it's a, I'd say the original Blade Runners are cult classic. Yeah. You know, it's not really, there's not really a big following. <laughs> but like the reason I'm bringing this up is cause, um, I'm looking at it now and it says they exceeded. Really? Yeah. Their budget's 150 million gross. But that's production budget. What about marketing budget? Yeah. Usually it has to be at least two times. Girl. the yeah. Yeah, yeah you're, you're right. But um, like Villain Way didn't want the trailers to re- reveal too much, obviously. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the blame has been put on the trailers for not giving out enough information to make audience want to see it. And yeah, I actually do wonder if trailers still have as big of an impact on whether a movie will be successful or not. Because I mean, like, well, yeah, because it's marketing. Well, yeah, like, but there's pe- like people who aren't into movies that much. They only know 
based off what they hear from other people or what they see on TV commercials. So Baby Driver, for example, when it first came out, it like was slow. Yeah. But then all of a sudden you'd see TV commercials all the time. And like people were talking about it all the time after that. And now it's his most successful film, I think. Right? Yeah. I thought Baby Driver was always marketed better than Hot Fuzz or Scott It was. It probably was. It was. Oh, okay. Also because it was more like American centric. Oh, guess. true. That makes more sense. I'm so happy Baby Driver made money. <laughs> like I, it's kind of sucks that we have to like hope that the movie makes money in addition to being good yeah but i don't know i kind of want to keep talking about um a little debate we had last night i wasn't really heated last night i was kind of laughing i mean oh, really? what's, what's the what are we gonna say like? so like my viewpoint is that the fact that let's we'll start out by saying like what the thing okay is. so the thing is that phantom threads by paul thomas anderson it's being marketed as pta being the director obviously being the writer and being the director of photography right and i feel like wait wait say those three rows again director writer and director of photography mm -hmm. didn't you say editor as well it's well based on imdb it's editor by a different person so i might have been wrong about that last night but um <laughs> but i think like <laughs> you'll have a civil discussion yeah no no no, no 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 i'm just i just want to like rehash my position on the fact that i think it's worthwhile to mention because that's a lot of work to do yeah i mean but like <laughs> i just felt like it wasn't really extraordinary it's a neat that he did the he actually did the work of setting up the shots himself but i mean most of the creative element was already the director's job anyway i feel like so it's just like he was doing grunt work basically just so that he can say look at me i'm dp yeah. well well that that may not always be the case. It might just be like he just preferred it that way, or maybe he like really loves camera. But I mean, I don't think he did. He do it for like his other movies. No, no. But like, I'm fairly certain he's always been good with the camera. And like, how do you even define what a DP does? Like, I feel like he yeah, actually I, he had people under him that were I, operating the yeah, camera. I'm, you know, like positive well, he had that. There's well, no way he was operating the camera the entire production. Like, like he can just say that he did it and well, get the credit. Like when I was at my shoots on Sunday right mm -hmm. we were grips and he was telling us what he wanted the shot to be where the lighting placement would be and whatever even though he didn't operate the camera mm -hmm. he was still telling us like how the shot is supposed to look I mean, I kind of expected a director to do that anyway, <laughs> honestly. No, that's the director of yeah. photography, the cinematographer. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Well, then I don't think it's really impressive then that he was DP, if that's all he was doing. I mean, that, like, that's... But then... Because I, I feel like most great directors do that. Most great directors Just, do like, that. they have a DP to, like, advise them if it's, like, feasible and to, like, get the shot they want uh, and, like, improve upon it. My point of it is that it's one more hat that he has to take, so it's a little more difficult. Yeah. That was like, it, yeah. Probably but what, it, what it, I'm it saying definitely is definitely is. no definitely but what I'm saying is that he probably didn't do it all himself well, obviously, had. that's why there's a film crew. You have a lot yeah, of grips. Exactly. There's a lot of grips under you to do certain roles. But, I, but he had potentially three hats to take. I feel like if somebody else was doing DP, being a DP, I feel, well, isn't that why we have like the Directors Guild and like Producers Guild so that we have unions to make sure people get the credit that they deserve? But it's like, to what extent does a DP create the image on the camera is what I'm wondering. Because I always figured the director worked with the DP together to like arrange shots. I always figured it was sort of a half and half thing at least, or maybe even mostly was, the director. I was under the impression it's like the director thinks of the shot he wants, right? Mm -hmm. I guess he shows his storyboard to the DP and he says, 
says, this is what I want. Can you make it? And then the DP takes that template or whatever, tells his grip, hey, light it this way so that we can get that look. Mm-hmm. It depends on the director and the and the production as well yeah because the coen brothers and roger deakins almost always have the same shots in mind for all of their movies Mm -hmm. and then roger deakins just perfects it i mean i think some dps roger deakins emmanuel lubezki people like them you can clearly tell when you're watching a movie that they were the dp like they have their own style they have their own creative input on a shot but i feel like most of the time you just can't really tell like they were two different dps for two different films it was just a random movie you know what i mean I feel like that's undercutting the cinematographer's work. That's not what I mean. It's just the shot is more the director's choice than the DP's choice. Like the DP doesn't try to step out of their way to do something creative like Lubezki or Deacons. It also depends on the relationship between them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like going back to Deacons and the Coens, they've been working together for 30 years. Well, the relationship between a DP and the director is kind of like how I envision the relationship between a producer and a director is. Because like... Producers don't always tell directors what to do. But it's more like the producer has a script they like, right? It's kind of like... Okay, okay. Like, But what if the director writes his own script and he wants to take control of the shots as well? I mean, that's why we hire the director for his creative vision. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But it's like a producer wants a toy and then the director is like the leading <laughs> toy designer. <laughs> Does that make sense? And then the... Yeah. I guess... And that's kind of how, like, a director to DP works, too. I mean, I'm sure it works like that in a lot of cases. But but we're not exactly sure. So it just varies case by case. I mean, sometimes the director just has, like, a free reign. Like, they can do whatever they want. I think Villeneuve was given, like, free reign on Blade Runner 2049. I'm not sure. I know David Lynch was given total free reign for the new Twin Peaks. Which is amazing. Uh, Yeah. So, So that's an example of, like, the producer not necessarily having a big hand in the creative process. More just, like, arranging things. But yeah, there are definitely circumstances where the producers, like, they keep everything very tight. They don't let anybody express things too artistically on big budget movies like the Star Wars sequels. Yeah. It's like, it's a well-oiled ship. They know what they want because there have been Star Wars movies before and it's just like, there's very little, like, artistic ingenuity, yeah. I guess. But like, going back to Villain Way and Deacons, because Deacons did cinematography for Blade Runner, right? Mm-hmm. If Villain Way was the main, like, obviously he those shots in the movie are something that he thought of right but it was deacons deacons like actually actually with the villain way deacons team up they're actually pretty unique where deacons just does whatever he wants and shows them to Villanois and he's like oh yes this is a great shot and the deacons (laughs) is like yeah it's pretty good and then they just put it in deacons has a lot of control over what he does well that's what whereas deacons and the coen brothers they see eye to eye every single time I think it just varies case by case, yeah. honestly. Like, it's always yeah, different. Yeah, that's, yeah, I admit that. It's just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just, it just feels weird to me that it, it just feels like we're undercutting. I don't think we <clears throat> are. My point is just in this case with uh, Paul Thomas Anderson saying he was DP, we don't necessarily know what that means. Like, we don't necessarily know how much extra work he put into directing the cinematography than he would have as just being the director. As far as I know, him putting that title was just to enhance his resume resume or, or like his per, how RV. people perceive him i think it's just he wants to be more domineering of his shots yeah that too i guess and maybe he was yeah but I, ultimately sorry star you want to oh yeah i remember when uh 
Dom gave me a list of movies to watch. It's called Up Uphill Stream or something like Upstream that. Upstream Color. color. Upstream, Upstream Color. color. You, were, you mentioned that he did a lot of the things in the movie that was basically he was very talented in things. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's what Christian was stating in mm-hmm. a way. Is it the director of that, Shane Carruth? Yeah. He's pretty unique in that he started out as an independent, no budget director. I mean, like, B- both of his movies have been very independent, like yeah. very, very small crew. So it makes a big difference there because he's probably, mm-hmm. he's a very strong hand in like ensuring like the shots are what he wants. Mm-hmm. But like Paul Thomas Anderson, much bigger budget, like millions of dollars probably, I'm sure. Like there's a huge crew. The thing is, we don't know. Uh, all we can do is guess. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's true. Well, also, <laughs> one more thing. You said that you're afraid that this whole thing would undercut the cinematographer's job. Ultimately, I think if the cinematographer is good enough, they'll get noticed. Yeah. Otherwise, they'll just do what the director tells them to. Exactly. And the director will get the blame or the praise. Also, keep in mind when you say they would get recognition, it doesn't always have to be public recognition. It could be just, hey, this guy is good at what he does. If someone else asks me, hey, do you have a DP? He's going to direct. He's going to like uh, be like, hey, uh, I know this person that was doing a good job before kind of thing. Yeah, but then if that continues happening, public will notice as well because they'll keep seeing the same name pop up. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's just that we don't know. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's, let's end this on a happy note. What are some movies you guys are planning to watch over the next couple of weeks at least before the next podcast my movie pass just came in so all of them (laughs) (laughs) yep (laughs) i mean i plan on watching the shining this weekend because well this weekend we have the shining spirited away and little shop of horrors so we're gonna be bankrupt unless you have a movie pass (laughs) which mine still hasn't come in yet and i'm so annoyed but and then thor ragnarok is like the week after oh yeah it is next week oh oh boy Looks like we're talking about that next week. <laughs> I'm just I'm patiently waiting for three billboards. I know. Did you oh, see yeah? that the poster came out? For I that? did not. It's really nice, and the poster for Phantom Threads. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen this poster. I can't wait for three billboards. I've heard so much good stuff about it. I don't know. This Oscar season doesn't seem as hyped up as last year's because last year all the talk was about Moonlight, like La La Land, Moonlight, and Moonlight. La La Land, Manchester by the Sea. Yeah, I don't know if it was just. Because I was on Reddit all the time, but they were like, oh no. man. But like, yeah. keep in mind, it doesn't really, the drama doesn't really kick off until the Oscars around the corner in like February. I don't know. I feel like the kicked off around October last yeah, it year. Really? Off, yeah. Like when La La Land screened at some film festival, it went nuts. Oh, yeah. that's true. Yeah. And well then, deserved. Yeah. Very well deserved. <laughs> I was so happy. I love that movie. I watched it opening day. Oh, wow. And I was in a room full of, like, old white people. <laughs> That's good. <Yeah. laughs> but anyways, I guess we, we can do Oscar talk next time. In the end, we talked about horror movies. We talked about PTA. And I think this is where we sign off. Peace. Bye. Yo, bye. Till next time, guys. The kinetic picture is out.